tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. Voodoo Victims, Skeleton Canyon, North Carolina Nightmare, and England Air. co-host crystal i'm your other co-host robert and this is reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast it's a special uh it's a special lunchtime episode <laughs> oh you didn't tell me you had a soda what are you drinking it's it's not a soda it's a hard seltzer so that's a new thing now where it's uh seltzer water that they've put malt liquor in <laughs> yeah Oh, uh, shit, hold on. I need to plug in my headphones. Okay, you do that. And I'll, I'll uh, do a uh, unpaid-for plug of White Claw Hard Seltzer. I'm going to enjoy the black cherry variety right now because that is my least favorite flavor. So I'm saving the good flavors for later. Did I just um, hear you say that black cherry is your least favorite flavor? Uh, of anything. Yeah, that and sour apple, anything. Probably my least favorite flavors. What about black cherry ice cream? Uh, get that shit away from me. Nasty. Black cherry. Nasty and bad. Black cherry yogurt? Well, that's yogurt, so that's just terrible anyway. There's nothing to be done about that situation. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming out hard against black cherry products. Uh, Sorry, folks. Uh if you got a strong pro black cherry, um, so I guess um, this editorially, uh, you're on the wrong side of, of this podcast. Well, I mean, you know, people can like whatever they're gonna, they can like whatever. But personally, you know, so the four pack uh. came with black cherry, lime, I think, grapefruit, and I want to say mango are the flavors. Okay. And uh, so the black cherry of those is definitely my least favorite. So that's why I'm trying to plow through them as quickly as possible. <laughs> that's my thinking. Is I hate it. Let me get this over with. I uh, I have a similar approach to um, you know variety and packs and stuff. Uh-huh. Get uh-huh. get rid of the stuff you don't like first. You know, just you have to plow yeah. through that. You got to get through that. Um, I'd say, though, my favorite of any sort of sparkling water um, or Italian soda. Okay. Generally, it's going to be grapefruit. Okay, that's interesting. I don't think uh, I don't think grapefruit does it for me. It's uh, it's really sour and bitter. Yeah. And that's how I know I'm a drinker is because I really prefer that over other things that would be maybe more pleasant or sweet. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, seltzer water just strikes me as, like, just... I don't think it tastes good, right? Um, I think it tastes pretty good. Mm. You know, if you're trying to have a, a low-cal drink and you're trying to get your booze on, this is a good alternative, I think. It's a nice product. I like it. Mm. Okay. Um, All right, so well, I, I finished... White Claw, if you're interested in sponsoring uh, this podcast... Hit us up. 
You know, I will not turn away that sponsorship, especially mm -hmm. since like some of our previous bets for rounding up sponsors have not panned out. Oh yeah, what were we trying to do? With well, that? well, I think uh, for a, for a while we were really hitting on uh, trying to get Howard Johnsons to uh, back us, but well, yeah, that's not. They still have their inns, right? They just don't have the restaurants anymore. The restaurants are all, all mm -hmm. gone. The last the last operating one. I'd watched a uh, CBS Monday Sunday morning thing where they visited the Aww. last operating one, and yeah. then you know, less less than the year after that, they were out of business. That's fucked up. Yeah, and I think we tried to we tried to see maybe just maybe if we could get some money out of the Chattanooga Tourism Board. Mm, that's right. Yeah, we did air their commercial for them did we not yeah not with their knowledge uh, uh or approval but definitely not their knowledge so uh <laughs> i think a lot of things that go on in this podcast are not to the knowledge of any to the knowledge of most <laughs> yeah, that is true but they're only still. to the knowledge of a very few um yeah so if if anyone <laughs> if any rumpers at home visit chattanooga Stop by the local tourism building and tell them that we were the ones who sent you yeah. there, even if that's not really the case. We did that shit. Um, yeah. You know, some other sponsorships I would entertain are like Pizza Factory, for sure. Oh, they've, I'll, got, I'll, they've gotten a lot of mentions out of us. I know, yeah, and I would happily take their money and continue to mention them. Speaking of, you know who's on my shit list now? Taco Bell. What? Now let me explain why. They are removing, as of September 12th, so we're recording this on September 1st, Labor Day, they uh -huh. are removing a number of items from their menu, which have been staples. Which items? Personally. Specific, well, I can't go through the whole list, but I know one of them is the double-decker taco. Uh -huh. And they're also removing the Doritos Locos Fiery Taco. Oh, interesting. And I, listen, I don't, have you ever had a double-decker taco? It's fairly simple, but it's pretty great. Which one is that? It's where they take a regular hard-shell taco, mm -hmm. and then they take um, a soft flour Oh, tortilla. yes, yes, of course, and, and they put it, okay. oh, yeah. Yeah, and also, like, years ago, I guess they got rid of the Mexi-Melt. Uh... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's going on over there. Last month they got rid of the. Uh, I haven't been in a couple months. Cause Taco Bell's not a everyday food; it's a sometimes treat. And uh, I haven't been in a couple months. They removed the caramel apple empanada, I guess, over the summer from the menu. Like they've basically canceled half of my most of my Taco Bell order. Damn. Okay. So you know who I'm not gonna be taking money from lol yes i would i would take so much oh taco you would money. take all that money. i would take all the taco bell money oh so much money yeah but jeez honestly i listen if we can just start a campaign right now to get the double decker taco back back on the menu i know there's a lot of fans out there of the we're taco gonna bell totally affect the algorithms on their twitter like we're gonna we're, wreck their shit yeah Re the you know the rumpers have spoken, and Rump sent yeah. them there. Double wow. Decker Taco, bring it back. Gosh, I'm so sorry, because that's like... We've talked on this podcast about how significant Taco Bell has been to you. Yeah, and, it's very significant. Yeah. And now they're they're breaking my heart. 
so sorry. Thank you. It's a tough time for me personally. Um, Robbie, do you want to talk about an episode of Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? How about we talk about specifically season three, episode 12? Season three, episode 12. Um, so we're going to start. Listen, we're going to start. Guess what? U.S. Virgin Islands. They are not a state, but a U.S. territory. That is correct. Anything um, else from your eighth from your eighth grade no. social studies report? No, <laughs> no. Um, What's the what are the chief industries? The, well, tourism, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Um, so that's a set of islands in the Caribbean. <laughs> I know where they are. Um, so th- this is wild. We got our. There fir- is. A, there have been several murders. On the island of St. Croix. Mm-hmm. Uh, death by cyanide. Cyanide. Poisonings. Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, Unsolved Mysteries in a very roundabout way links this. They're like, they introduce the segment by showing a bunch of videos of like people doing uh, voodoo ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And to Unsolved Mysteries credit, they're like, okay, so voodoo is this sort of blend of like West African mysticism and practices from the Catholic church. And it's sort of an ancestor worship, but it's also Catholic at the same time. Um, and, and to their credit, they're like, you know, all these, you think about these voodoo dolls and these spells and hexes and stuff. And that's, that's not really voodoo. That's not what voodoo is. And so a lot of credit to unsolved mysteries for not, uh, taking the easy way out on this one. Wait, wait, um, way to go, Unsolved Mysteries. You've managed to beat expectations you've established. Well, over. you know, when it, when everything is satanic panic, I kind of wasn't expecting them to come down on being like, voodoo, actually harmless. Uh, there is uh, Robert Stack's like standing around in some kind of Santeria store. I don't know <laughs> where he is. But there's like a, He comes through like a beaded curtain from the back of the shop and... He said a lo- he he had a lot of interesting locations in this episode. Um, you know, I I'm gonna pause here for a moment just because there's something I'm really ignorant of. There are a um, number of stores that I pass driving around LA um, that appear to sell. Uh, sort of mystical items but also like uh saint candles and statues of the virgin mary um they're ex- uh usually the sign is written in spanish um i'm doing a bad job of remembering what these places are called but there seem to be a number of shops that sort of support some kind of similar but latin american type version of I, yeah you know what i'm talking about well i ha- not well i know of what you speak because i've seen similar stuff but as to my actual knowledge um i i couldn't provide any actual helpful details on what it may uh uh really be uh, beyond mm-hmm. speculation inferences drawn from like the fifth paranormal activity movie uh, mm-hmm. 
or um, you know, I don't know, occasionally Breaking Bad. Like, wasn't wasn't there a few a few things in that there where they had like weird stuff that they alluded to? So, but yeah, no. In all honesty, I I don't know of you know any sort of weird uh, any sort of hybridizations uh, going on, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, I imagine that's a thing, right? Like Mesoamerican meets Roman Catholicism. Yeah, it's some it's something like that. Um, but I see a lot of more than I would expect to see these okay. types of stores. Um, so not well, voodoo, but a similar sort of hybrid. Maybe people thing. just like candles. That could be. Anyways, back to the Virgin Islands. So uh, I think there's something like five victims total that over yes. a span of uh, four or five years have turned up on St. Croix. Um, what they all have in common is that they have recently borrowed money and they have died of cyanide poisoning. So back to the voodoo thing. Uh, mm-hmm. What Robert Snack mentions in the uh, Santeria shop <laughs> I'm sorry if that's not what it is. It's what it it seems to be. <laughs> is that the, it's not voodoo, but there's this other sort of uh, malignant practice called obia, where you do cast spells on people. But obia, I did a little research because I'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Seems to be this catch-all term used in like. The Caribbean for like law enforcement basically say anything that is criminal that is related to something with one of these rituals or spells is just obvious. So it's not any one defined thing. Okay. It's just whatever law enforcement can't describe in another way. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's sort of a, it's just this catch all term. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And which is to say that people don't seem to say I practice obia. It's something that's assigned to them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right, right. It's, like you say, it's not a specific religion. It is, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess it's like you're, um, it describes a certain a certain type of action or yeah, yeah. So, um, in the segment, the first sort of set of victims we talk about are the Matarajas, which are um, a couple that emigrated from India to St. Croix. And they opened a shop. And um, they took out some money on a loan from somebody. Like, their daughters are telling us what happened because the, both the husband and wife have been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to- n- No one really knows. Like, they got a weird menacing phone call. The parents told the kids, someday you'll know what happened. Uh, Both parents were both found separately in cars, unconscious. Uh, Is that right? No, uh, the father was found on the the ground, unconscious. Oh, right. Yeah, they both left in separate cars. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's by the road. Um. You know, there's no sign of assault or anything like that. There's a couple other stories that they cover in the segment. One is a man named Hag Caesar, um, whose mm-hmm. wife is, like, real mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> he borrowed an, a bunch of money. Basically, the story was Hag Caesar 
borrowed a bunch of money because an Obia practitioner said that there is some amount of coins on the land that he owns that he could go find, but he can't access them because they're protected by spirits. Hmm. Yes. So if Haig Caesar paid the Obia practitioner enough money, he could remove the spirits. Well, it turns out he ends up like in debt to the tune of like $100,000. Or he took out a loan for $100,000. Yeah. And his wife is pissed. <laughs> She's like, I thought he was smarter than all this nonsense, but I guess he wasn't. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, good riddance to him, I guess. There was another uh, couple that were store owners that had recently taken out a loan of $54,000. Again, the origin of the loan seems to be a bit dubious here. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these uh, folks were described as having um, in their possession a small bottle, which we're assuming was the cyanide. Yes. Uh, I So I guess the link to the obia, which was definitive in Hank Caesar's case, but it's basically like, you take this potion and I'll, I'll make whatever this money trouble is go away. And what ends up happening is these folks end up getting robbed of the money that they took out on loan. Is that correct? I mean, it's really hard to kind of piece together what, like... Yeah, basically, I mean, this... Uh, yeah, yeah, this, this guy's... He's getting... He's getting money from, uh, from folks and... It seems, at least in some cases, to be getting them to drink something that turns out to be cyanide. Yeah, I'm not... The details are very unclear, and I think that's only because Unsolved Mysteries doesn't really know anything. Right, right. I, we don't know how, like, we don't know how a lot of these went down, whether... Yeah, like, but we yeah. we do know there's a number of victims that have all died exactly the same way on St. Croix, mm-hmm. within a couple of years of each other, and all of them had recently taken out money, and the money was missing. Mm-hmm. Which, as a scam goes, if th- and they have a suspect in mind, but it's very vague. They just said he has some like um, West French Indies like accent. He could be anywhere. It's not very specific. <laughs> we don't know who we're looking for. He's a person, and he exists. Is basically the the extent to what they really yeah. Know. yeah yeah. Um, but I want to take a moment here and talk about the very incredible. Sergeant James Reimer of the St. Croix Police Department. Yes, let's talk about him. Now, normally when we get somebody, a cop, a detective on Unsolved Mysteries or any interview show, they're usually wearing a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. You know. No, no, no. Not James Reimer, because you know what? He's a sergeant in the St. Croix Police Department. (laughs) And his shirt is unbuttoned down to his nipples. Mm-hmm. No tie. Giant gold chain. Yeah. I, um... You know, I think the thing is, is, like, is there a point at which the weather gets so hot that you're you're allowed to dress a little more casual, even if you're in law enforcement? I mean... I don't know, but Sergeant James Reimer is making his own rules. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh... Uh, would you be reassured or less reassured if, like, you're in the Virgin Islands and the police officer who's helping you with whatever is dressed like this? Um, less, (laughs) probably. 
probably. I'd because say. now he just looks like every guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway. No updates. Guess, uh, guess that guy got away with it, huh? Uh, yeah, whoever that guy was definitely got away with it. With I'm, I'm surprised that there weren't, like, other... Like, I guess the heat is on in St. Croix and he might have bailed, but I'm surprised that there weren't other, like, other associated crimes on other islands. Other, other cyanide poisonings on other islands, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, this is a serial killer, isn't it? I mean, they're not killing, it seems like, for the thrill of killing. They're trying to get some money, but... Yeah, he, he's, he's trying to get the cash... And, but it is interesting that his preferred method of, of killing people is with cyanide. And possibly, you know, I mean, maybe the thrill is that, like, he's having the people basically kill themselves. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they're agreeing to it. I mean, who knows? For all we know, this guy could have accomplices. He's holding, like, these pe- he's having these people held down, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the ocean or something. And mm-hmm. then he, he, he approaches and, you know, shoves the uh, the cyanide down their throat or something. Well, what it seems like to me is whatever this Obia angle is, is just... An excuse to talk about Obia? I, well, <laughs> it's more like that's his con. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't serve you to kill your mark. Right, right. Yeah. If you are, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works, but it doesn't seem like it's a good idea to be killing. Probably not. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna get more jail time for killing than than uh, just theft. Yeah. Um, um, unless you're that poor guy in Texas who got put away for life in, for the was uh, for the mm. kibasa sausages he. He robbed oh, a God. store for. <laughs> Remember that was a while ago, wasn't it? Jesus. It yeah, was, it was like he got th- some amount of money from a gas station and some sausages. Yeah. And, well, he wasn't even the one that did it, was he? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, Mandatory the... sentencing, man. Yeah, shit. Um, yeah. Hey, th- did I ever tell you that I've been to St. Croix? You have not. I was I was very small and I don't remember it, but it was for my mom's cousin's wedding in like 1987, let's say. Okay, so it would be, from your memory, it would be indistinguishable from like if your family went to a number of other places. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember it. Huh. Uh, wow, that's interesting. St. Gloria. Is it? I, I don't know. By this point, you seem to have been everywhere. Is there any any place in the United States you haven't been to? Oh yeah, plenty of places. Um, all of New England. Okay. Um, most of the Midwest. All right. Uh, a lot of southern states, like anything basically east of the Mississippi, gets real dodgy. Oh okay. Okay. I haven't really been out there. I haven't been to any of the Dakotas. Oh. You know, or uh, Nebraska. Haven't been to Nebraska. Okay. Uh, haven't been to <laughs> Minnesota or Wisconsin or Michigan or yeah, like I said, any of uh, any of New England. We should do a have, cr- we should do mm-hmm. a cross country trip where we visit the Rumpers. You know. We should. I think it would be a lot cheaper than having a bunch of shows. 
We could just go do a show in their house. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan, particularly one who, who's paying us on Patreon, and you yeah. want to, and you live in the lower forty-eight states, and you're interested in getting in on the uh, Christo and Robbie's uh, rump tour across America, please let yeah. us know. I'm yeah, fine. you can just you just uh, drop us a DM or email or something like that. Yeah, I. Uh, well, we well what we could do is we could make it a thing where like uh, we we grab pizza at the the best local pizza place. That would be dope. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if the best local pizza place is Pizza Factory. Pizza Factory. Yeah, I, your chances of us visiting are probably greatly increased if Pizza Factory is involved. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can just, like, like let us know mm-hmm. what your pizza factory situation is in your town. Yes, do. Let us know. Go. Hey, do you want to, um... Talk about... Treasure? We're going to go to Arizona, a state that you've lived in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True story. I mm-hmm. have. Yes. Uh, we're dealing with Skeleton Canyon. Uh, I didn't live there. Okay. I uh, yeah, I kind of assumed that was the case. It sounds dope as hell though. Oh, yeah. I want to live there. But you'll talk about it and then I'll tell you why I want to live in Skeleton Canyon. Okay. <laughs> we get a we get a good stack intro. I'm assuming is this Sadly, yes, this is P- Paramount Ranch. <laughs> yeah. No, I recognized it immediately. Stack's doing his um we mentioned this on a on a previous podcast cuz Stack has done his uh his interstitials there before paramount ranch is uh, up in the santa monica mountains and um it's a public park you can go visit but a number of all kinds of television shows and movies have been filmed there because it's ostensibly like a facade of an old west town okay um it unfortunately burned down last year oh so you can't go visit you can still go there but you're just going to see a bunch of burned down sets basically but yeah this is uh yeah, it's Paramount Ranch. That's why I said sadly because it's it's a it's such a cool place to go see down here. It's part of in, in the park around it is absolutely beautiful. Didn't you and Dave go to it? Right. We did. Yeah, yeah. we d- we went w- before it burned down and like two weeks before we recorded an episode where I noticed Stack was at Paramount Ranch. <laughs> were were there? Were there people doing Old West stuff when you guys went up there? No, there no. There's like every weekend you can take like a horse tour. Okay. But there's not anybody doing like Old West stuff. Have you guys gone to something where there are people doing Old West stuff? No. Huh. I, wait, I think. Okay, so when I was on my way back from a bachelorette party. Yeah. In twenty. 18 i did stop by the town of columbia california and Uh. they were having a like a reenactment days of the gold rush and i took a bunch of pictures gold rush days yeah because we talked about that right because people i knew from the world of civil war reenacting were there i am not surprised (laughs) wouldn't it it, wouldn't it be hilarious if like they had actually succeeded in talking me into going with them and dude if i had run into you that would have been wild 
Because I just stopped by basically to use the bathroom. I was taking those back roads <laughs> back to. No, this is really what happened. We were camping out, not camping. We had rented this house out in the deep woods uh, yeah. north of Yosemite. And I was heading back to LA and I happened to go through Columbia. Um, just, it was on my way back and they had, it's a state park. There was a restroom. So I had to go pee. So I stopped there, but it was also, I happened to stop when they were having like reenactment days and there was, um, a band with like drummers and a piccolo player and all kinds of stuff going on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It was neat. Wow. I went to a blacksmith. There's a working blacksmith there. Do you have pictures of this? I, I do. Yeah. You should, 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 I, we, should we put them up? Yeah, especially like uh, it'd be neat if I could spot people I knew in mm. those. Uh, I don't know that I took that many pictures of people. Oh, never mind. But I didn't actually pay to go into the reenactment festival. I just like walked around the town. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I, I'm sure that was of immense interest to everyone listening, but uh, I guess we'll... <laughs> <laughs> We'll get on with uh, the actual read, uh, uh, Unsolved mystery segment. Uh, yes. Sure, whatever. So, Robert Stack starts talking about the Skeleton Canyon treasure, which, uh, if I recall correctly, you have this situation where a group of Mexican bandits had raided Monterey, Mexico. That's, yes, banditos. Banditos, yeah, yeah they call them ba- banditos. Bandito sounds like a real tasty treat. What do you what do you picture it consisting of? It's just like a it's like a taquito, mm-hmm. but it's close ended. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's like a little tiny empanada. Actually, that's what I'm thinking it is. Okay, Deep fried. that's uh, a bandito. Yeah, I was picturing it being sort of a sweet tasting confectionery. Type oh, thing. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah, and they they. When they when they introduce this gang, who are they get infiltrated by a guy named was it Jim Hughes? Sure. Who, who's working for the Curly Bill Brosius gang? Lord, we give you Curly. Try not to piss him off. And because Mr. Hughes spoke fluent Spanish, he was able to ingratiate himself with the banditos and find out. You know what their deal is, what, where they're going with their uh, their ill-gotten gains, and this happens in a small town with like a like a mission mm-hmm. in the background, right? Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah, this is definitely a set. <laughs> Def- also, definitely a set. But I, was thinking... I want to go to there. <laughs> <laughs> do Do you think it might be related to the set they used for Three Amigos? Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of having having a suspicion that might be the case. I think the Three Amigos set though is in um, Universal Studios. Oh. It doesn't mean that it can't be this, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. But um, please continue. Yes. <clears throat> so, the Curly Bill something something gang. Uh, ends up ambushing the banditos uh, mm-hmm. and ends up with their treasure. Uh, they don't have the mules to carry them out because they shot those. So That was really each... dumb, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed like there wasn't 
maybe as much forward planning for as clever as their infiltration tactic was. Yeah. Yeah. So they have all this, all this uh, spray painted gold concrete that they got to <laughs> get out of there. Now they, 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 they split a, they, yeah, they split a little bit of the gold concrete, uh, spray painted gold concrete uh, for each, for all the personal use. But the mm-hmm. bulk of it, they hide away. Mm-hmm. Except, what do you know that two of the members of this outlaw gang that had just a- ambushed a different outlaw gang mm-hmm. were not entirely honorable? Uh, Can you believe it? Yeah. Their names were Sw- Swing Hut and Billy Grounds, which sound literally like the sort of names you would expect from a cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come back later with uh, an elderly Mexican man with a team and a, a wa- wagon and relocate the gold, uh, presumably kill the old man, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hide the treasure again is my understanding. Right, right. They've, they've hidden the treasure again, and then they just sort but of... But why did they get the man with the, all the, the wagon and the horses if they were just going to hide the treasure again? Wouldn't they have taken it out of the canyon? Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, they he they used him to move the treasure, right? And I guess, but why wouldn't you just keep? T- why wouldn't you just take the wagon all the way out of the canyon at that point? Uh, that's a good this. Th- I'm sorry. This story makes no sense to me. <laughs> Please continue. Well, this isn't the only thing that doesn't make any sense, but yeah. So, the what was what would happen? What happened to these two individuals? They just they they got into other shenanigans and weren't able to collect the treasure, right? Um, they lived in a cave, uh, platonically, we assume, for four <laughs> months. Uh, and one guy, Billy Grounds, wrote letters to his sister. Right. And they, would give, they would give the letters to passing Wells Fargo men, yeah. I guess. Letters um, containing detailed information on how to find the treasure. Yeah, but they lived in the cave. And then they left the cave, and then they got in some kind of shootout in some town. Yeah, one of them got captured. And mm-hmm. he gave, yeah he was injured and then he got captured yeah he spilled out he spilled the in- info later escaped and was killed in an Indian attack yeah so yeah so these guys uh, presumably they both die they before mm. they can retrieve the treasure and supposedly because we got two different people that unsolved mysteries is talking with here mm-hmm. one is like one of those treasure hunting guys who's just like, you know, mm-hmm. convinced it's out there and that he can find it really easily. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's another guy who is... He didn't catch his name. Yeah, he's a real fucking buzzkill. <laughs> That's what he is. No, I mean, he's kind of the voice of reason that we rarely get in these types of things, where he's just like, even if there was a treasure, like, you're not going to find it. Also, none of the story makes sense. Because it doesn't. Yeah, because allegedly, I, I guess Billy's sister, along with two guys, came out t- and spent, what, a couple years living in the cave and searching for this treasure? 
Yeah, and then one of the treasure hunters found a piece of glass with her name on it. Right, right, a little... In the cave? Yeah, like, it was a souvenir from a World's Fair, right? Robert Palmquist is the buzzkill. He's a historian, so he says. Oh, yes. And I guess he's more concerned about evidence and logic than he is about finding that sweet, sweet gold. Yeah, he's being a real bummer. God. Uh, did you yeah, ever? I, did you ever I, watch City Slickers Two: The Legend of Curly's Gold? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> I, I I made a note earlier <laughs> when we were talking about putting a City Slickers Two: Curly's Gold drop in this segment. Two weeks ago, you boys were worthless as hen shit on a pump handle. So anyway, no one's found this treasure yet. No, it's probably because it doesn't <laughs> exist. That's okay. Yeah, I guess if it doesn't exist, that that could be an explanation. Um. Yeah, we got uh, the reenactments are, are kind of neat. I mean, the the, the ambush, you, you got some you know real period piece stuff going on, and then and then you know the rest of it's more just sort of like how in the past we've had journeys with people who have destroyed their lives searching for buried treasure, and I have a mm-hmm. feeling this one guy is one of those people. Yeah, well, he's certainly destroying any. Of his uh, life savings with running this helicopter. <laughs> Dude, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, damn. Because I know we, we, we've we dealt with treasure hunters before who've rented. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? There was that town where, like, so many people were looking for treasure there. And the only person who was really making money was the guy who owned the, the, the backhoe. The Earth Mover. The Earth yeah, Mover. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was in, uh, <laughs> I want to say, West Virginia or Virginia or something. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, this segment, like the last segment, so we have uh, Caesar Haig from the Virgin Islands saying, I'm going to spend $100,000 to recover some coins. Like, uh-huh. how much could the coins possibly be worth? Hmm. And and based on what evidence, I don't know. They're saying this um, Skeleton Canyon treasure is worth 2 to $8 million. Based on what? <laughs> you don't even know what the treasure was. Acc- according to an old magazine from the 1960s. <laughs> I mean, this is really... That's what he cites. <laughs> an old treasure hunting magazine from the 1960s. Well, like, how much of your time and money are you spending to recover... You know, I really feel like these are both, like, opening um, Al Capone's vault. <laughs> there you was... know? It's like, what are we doing here, guys? There was nothing in there. I think there's fun stuff like, um, you know, there's fun historical treasure hunts. Like uh, we had that segment about the guy who was had found that uh, the Bermuda Triangle airplanes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It is. And you're not wasting your time, I don't think, because you're actually finding wreckage. You have firsthand accounts to piece together where things are, but... As Robert Palmquist says in the buzzkill, points out in this segment, you know, you're going off second and third hand accounts. You're not even getting the. You don't even know what you're looking for. And more more likely, what happened was if these guys had anything that they robbed from the, uh, the the banditos, they probably spent all of it already. <laughs> it got circulated into the local economy. Yeah, which... they they probably didn't. There probably wasn't enough to like you know hide 
Right, right. We, yeah, we don't actually know what this treasure was. It was just the stuff they, the banditos stole from Monterey, Mexico. Yeah, and it could have been, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of coins, but that would have been... None of this makes any sense. Guys, don't, don't do this. Don't waste your lives trying to find um, waterfalls. You should probably stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to, okay? <laughs> Wait, was, was wa- a waterfall supposed to be one of the um, key locations in locating... No, just other... Somebody will get that reference. Anyway. All right, I'm, well... I'm all, I'm, uh, I'm all the way done with this white claw here, and things are getting weird. To lead us off on North Carolina. Robert Snack actually kind of gives us sort of a trigger warning. Okay. At the beginning of the segment. Um, things are going to get pretty rugged, so if you have any, like... Mm, you're squigged out or don't don't just don't care to listen to um stories about sexual assault uh please skip, skip ahead. ahead maybe like give us 10 minutes so outside of Fayetteville North Carolina on the um on the highway two highway patrolmen pull up oh it's business route 95 uh, two state troopers pull up and they're having a chat through their windows about just this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden, this woman comes out of the woods, um, barely clothed. She's got blood dripping down her head and shoulders anyway. Uh, she's in bad shape. She can't talk. They take her to the hospital. Um, they stabilize her, finally find out she, could, she can't talk because um, she's been shot in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun, and it shattered her jaw. Ah, uh, yeah. This is, guys, this is rugged. I told you. I told you at the beginning of this. It wasn't going to be good. And I'm sorry. We got to talk about all the segments. We don't just get to skip the ones we don't like. Mm-hmm. That's the contract that we have with you, the viewer. Okay. So they stabilize her, they contact her sister, so on and so forth. Basically what had happened was uh, she was carjacked at some point. Um, she, this man who carjacked her had her go to a liquor store. Uh, he told her not to run away while he was in the liquor store because he, if she did, he threatened to kill everybody in the liquor store. Um, we actually get an interview with this woman. She survived. Um, she's in shadow and we don't get her name. So that's at her request. And I can understand why, presumably, at the time she was getting this interview, the guy was still out there. Anyway, so they go to the liquor store. He's, you know, having her drive him down the highway as he gets drunker and drunker. And she she basically says this guy was really, like, really incoherent. He wasn't making a lot of sense. His demands weren't making any sense. But he had a gun and I was just trying to do what he said. Um... He has her at some point. Either she stops the car on her own or he has her pull over. She runs into the woods outside of Fayetteville. And it's, yeah, it's like a really gnarly reenactment of this. Oh, yeah. And they kind of like do some audio modification on the assailant's voice that makes it extra creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, she's sexually assaulted. Um, he shoots her in the face, leaves her for dead, and and takes off. Well, she survives, and uh, f- you know, 
fortunately, I guess, you know, she wanders out in front of these state troopers that are at the beginning of the segment. So the question is, who is this guy? Uh, they find near the scene of where she was shot, um, uh, like a Navy peacoat or something. So they show his jacket. What was the other thing? Uh, another piece of evidence. Shit. Um, I mostly remember the jacket. Yeah, there was a jacket. Oh, gloves. Uh, from her car, they're actually able to recover some of his gloves, and they had, like, the heavy scent of, like, gas or oil. So they think this guy might be, like, a propane delivery guy, or he might be a mechanic or something like that, because these gloves had this, like, really heavy scent on them. Uh, and then he got away. Yeah. So... This isn't really a fun one, is it, Robbie? No, I mean the thing is, is at one point I was considering bringing up the the, the uh, bringing up that the woman who plays Debbie in the reenactment kind of has a sort of a slightly Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. look to her. Yeah. But like even that, like I just I didn't I didn't because it just it felt a little like it might be a little flippant. Um, well, you know, it's a pretty hard transition to go from this, like, Wild West treasure segment where we get all this fun, like, sh- saloon shootouts and all this action to something this, like, brutal. Yeah, this is intense. I, you know, I, not only was it, like, the chase of the woods creepy just because of how they shot it and the the work they did post-production yeah but i mean even like because at one point after he's he's initially like just barged into her car and is is holding her at gunpoint Mm. he makes her stop at a liquor store so he can get something to drink anyway Mm -hmm. he he takes the keys and he tells like and he tells her that if you try running away i will kill everyone in the liquor store God, can you imagine, like, being in that situation? Like, what do you do? I... I mean, I know, I know myself... I don't know. I mean... I don't know. It's the answer. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know myself. Uh, my, my first instinct is to always run. So... Yeah. But, yeah, no, no but seriously, yeah, it, it's... Uh, she... I just feel sorry for her. This, this experience was just horrible. Yeah. Well... There's a particularly awful detail um, oh, about when they, her being yeah about yeah. her being in the hospital, and um, her sister who comes to to be with her in the hospital as well as all the doctors sort of agreed that the, the first time the victim sees her face again after this incident, they should they should all be there. It should be supervised, and they were gonna wait. Well, I guess another friend had come by and left a shiny mar- mylar balloon mm-hmm. in her room. You know thoughtful you're not allowed to guess i guess do that no is it latex balloons you can't bring to the hospital oh i i I wasn't aware that there's a uh there's a type (laughs) of balloon you can't bring into the there's some kind of balloon ban at the hospitals and i don't remember what it is but uh maybe it's mylar for this reason i don't know (laughs) um so you know while the victim i'm saying victim because we don't know what her name is while she's uh alone in her hospital room um, she sees the reflective back of the mylar balloon and she takes off her bandages and sees what's happened to her face and she was all alone and it's just everything is bad and awful and terrible. It's just really bad. And they and, never caught the guy. And they never caught the guy. I hate it. 
Uh, on the other hand, we have a lost heirs, lost heirs, missing heirs situation to round out the uh, episode. This, uh, yes, this takes us to Sutton under Bra- Brails. Was that the name of the place? Yeah, it's some made-up English thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're going across the Atlantic for this one. Yes. Uh, we are trying to find the estate of one Dorothea Allen. Mm-hmm. Who died on, what was it, January 9th, 1990? Sure. Yes. And left behind a considerable estate worth over a... Four million dollars, American dollars. American worth, uh, that's its value in the the colonial currency, yes. Uh, Her husband... (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay. God, wasn't this woman just like so, so fucking stuck up she was the worst the she was the worst, worst. it's so funny because they start with an interview with somebody who was like her personal secretary mm-hmm. and then the personal secretary seems to have some kind of stockholm syndrome she's not really recovered from she's just like oh dorothea was very particular i know i said i wouldn't do english accents but okay sorry wait wasn't that the last episode you can do it in oh, this episode you didn't I make was, it Okay, I didn't make that statement in this episode. Yeah. That's right. I was making a blanket statement. I was going to do that. But I, here I just did it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her personal secretary is just like, well, she's very particular. And then uh, <laughs> the very next cut is this journalist. Um, Abernathy? Is that her last name? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. This I mean... journalist was like, this bitch was a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, she's pretty unflinching in her analysis. Uh, yeah, I, it kind of it kind of sounds like yeah, this woman might have been a piece of work. So yeah, like they depict her because uh, she she her she's married to her husband. They they own the uh, you know a sweat what, what looks to me like a sweatshop, mm-hmm. and she like they they show her going up, picking up one of the items and being saying something like. There's 11 stitches to the inch on this one. It has to be 12 stitches. Mm-hmm. And, like, they are, s- like, apparently in order to get invited to the Christmas party, mm-hmm. you have to meet a certain quota. Mm-hmm. And then only a certain, uh, only a certain collection of people are allowed to even speak to them at the Christmas party. You have mm-hmm. to approach them because they're seated on chairs like, like they're fucking royalty. Yeah, they're sitting behind a velvet rope in these, like, throne-looking chairs. Yeah. Um, yeah. This woman. Yeah, like, the thing is, is, like, watching all of that, it gradually became more and more definite in my mind that she came from a very humble background and was overcompensating insanely. I guess so. I guess the story with them from their workers is that the Allens were, like, really cheap, mm-hmm. but they spared no expense on themselves. Like, they would go around the world on the Queen Mary and... Yay, know, Queen they, Mary! <laughs> and they uh, they they really uh, treated themselves very well, but they didn't treat their workers very well, it sounds like. So. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, um, eventually, 
her husband passed away and I guess she kind of gradually went became reclusive mm-hmm. and the point like and I and the mystery sort of we get is because once she, once she passed away the trying to figure out where her estate should go was was just really difficult because she basically apparently spent the latter years of her life obliterating any evidence as to who she really was and where she came from. Yeah, there was a story that she didn't want to write a will because she didn't want to leave her money to anyone because people have quote too, too much, much money, money anyways. Right? <laughs> what? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's news to the people who worked in the in, in their factory. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say she came from humble beginnings. They had a couple of theories. One of them was that, uh, she had escaped with her family in Germany from world, from Nazi Germany and was educated in Belgium and then moved to the United States or England. And that's why she was trying to hide her past. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was that, you know, she just came from really humble beginnings and didn't want anyone to know. And then another, another more obscure theory was that her and her husband were actually brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. You threw that one out there. Um, mm-hmm. and the, who, who, so someone mentioned like, yeah, and they slept in separate beds often, but I kind of feel like that's kind of, uh, just a, uh, fact a, a function of being obscenely wealthy yeah i think so too and oh there was another theory which was that dorothea had met her future husband while he was still married to somebody else mm-hmm. and so he never obtained a divorce therefore they were not actually able to be married to each other yeah um, yeah there, there's there's all sorts of theories flying around yeah, yeah. um what and what i find amusing is okay. So the business they owned made corsets, mm-hmm. and she was really in on trying to decorate them with ribbons and stuff and make them really mm-hmm. fe- feminine and appealing. And you know, what I find found immensely amusing is like she she is going to such pains to just be like, you know part of the upper 10,000 of society and just, mm-hmm. just, you know, just trying to avoid any sort of, uh, uh, pedestrian, uh, reflection on herself. But then it turns out that their business was, was part of a, uh, was owned by, uh, an American business called Burger Brothers. That's right. <laughs> Burger Brothers owned a corset making, <laughs> factory the burger brothers uh-huh. uh huh uh so this bitch they, died do they, <laughs> i just i just can't help i just like have this mental image of her like going through like anytime there's an official document for her business and seeing like the burger brothers uh name listed somewhere on there and mm-hmm. just just looking like she wants to die <laughs> well you know Back in the olden times in uh, England, it was considered lowly if someone actually had to work for their money. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. I'm not saying she worked for her money. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess, I guess, you know, she's not just collecting income from land. She, she, you know, 
I mean, yeah. if, if she's having to tell someone eleven stitches, you know, yeah. instead of twelve, that's that's not as uh, uh, upper crust as she would like. But you're right; she dies. Yes, with no will. <laughs> no will. So now the problem is, who should they give the money to? Uh, yeah. Um, who indeed? Because people have too much money. Yeah. Do you feel like you have too much money? I do not feel like I have too much money, no. I feel no, like... I don't, in, I don't feel that way either. In fact, I feel like I have a profound scarcity of money. Mm. I really need to go back to college and get, like, a degree that will help me get a career. That, so I can get money. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, what happens? What's the update here? Well... Uh, apparently, Dorothea was actually a woman named Dora Brammer. Mm-hmm. They solved it because she was the sweetheart of a pilot during during wartime. And mm-hmm. I guess he was able to provide the information that helped them trace down, uh, uh, trace down her origins. And apparently they split the estate uh, between 70 different people. Yeah. So uh, you you didn't get a huge payout, but a lot of people got like forty thousand. I'd take it. Heck yeah. I'd like to be like, oh, forty thousand dollars. I didn't know was coming for no reason. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's uh, yeah. I I would definitely take that money. You know, it, it feels like she 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 follows a lot of tropes of a rich reclusive woman, right? She feels like a goddamn cartoon. She's like a Disney villain. Right, right. All, 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 all it needs is that those the, the, the people, the workers slaving away in the factory would be like animals and there would be yeah. like songs and uh, we would, we'd, have, we were, we'd have a 1978 Disney film on our hands, right? That's exactly right. Remember when Disney was kind of like socialist there for a minute? When was this? I don't know. Probably around 101 Dalmatians time. <laughs> the the actual cartoon, not the live action movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, what other movies came out around that time? Was that around when when the rescuer rescuers came out? I don't know. I'm just saying things to see if they stick. I don't even know if that's true. I really like the movie Tron. That's my favorite mm-hmm. Disney movie. Well, I mean, that's that's as communist as you can get. Fight for the user, baby. <laughs> Shift the uh, you know the wealth to the those who provide the means of production. Was the message of Tron, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I, I guess. I mean, the thing is, is uh, I mean, well, I thought it was more. You know, I thought it was more about intellectual property rights because it's like mm. i mean kevin because like it's not really like yeah at the end of the movie all the programmers are getting a lot more money it's that mm. kevin it's that jeff bridges now has the office that <laughs> on the top floor that david warner had mm. i mm. loved i love david warner he's like an english actor that 
if you if you're making you know back in the late 90s and through through the past couple of decades if you had like some cheap schlocky horror movie that you needed to like class up with an english accent Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like either Malcolm McDowell or David Warner mm. were your go-tos, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is it was more of a tronunism situation? <laughs> sure. Tr- I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll accept tronunism. Fantastic. Hey, Robbie, uh, how can people get in touch with us? Sorry, I was I was thinking about Tron. Uh, sending us an email at reenactedpod.gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at reenactedpod. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Write Disney and tell them you want a tr- third Tron film. Oh, uh, d- definitely do that. Yeah, so contact us those ways. Uh, rate and review us anywhere where it's possible to rate and review us. Call uh, your mom. Tell her to listen to Reenacted. Just like Crystal's mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be like Crystal's mom. Yeah. She, be, be cool like her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably have some sort of contest now coming up. Because we, we, we sent out the... The, the Twilight Zone Radio Dramas coupon... Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, by the way, if you're the recipient of that, can you post a picture of you holding it and, and how thrilled you are or, 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 or something? Yeah. Just, just to, to prove to people that these rewards are real. Mm-hmm. And so you have, um, what's the condition to win, win a, the, whatever our next prize is? I don't know what the prize is. So we don't have rules for this yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie, do you want to? For every mystery, there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is watching. Perhaps it's you.